0: The Green Hydrogen pilot project was started in Brande, Denmark in 2021 to trial producing hydrogen from an onshore wind turbine connected to an electrolyzer with the fuel used to power taxis in Copenhagen. Siemens Gamesa has released a white paper on the findings of their pilot, which will certainly provide some best practices for future hydrogen projects. To discuss the project findings thus far in more detail, I'm joined by Benedict Mayela, lead solutions architect at Siemens Gamesa's Global Service Innovation Department. I'm Pamela Larg, and this is the Energy Transitions podcast. Benedict, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we get into the specifics of the Brando project, I'd like to set the scene in terms of the hydrogen economy in Europe. It's a costly business, and we need to scale up quite quickly, and we need massive amounts of renewables capacity to reach our hydrogen production targets. Clearly, there's a lot of work to be done and not a lot of time to do it in. Am I correct?
1: Well, thank you very much, Pamela, for having me first. Um, yeah. There's a lot to do and it's super complex without taking too much buzzwords of the chicken and egg and ecosystem and everything. There's an interesting situation where we're in because we do have hydrogen needs in the economy that are on gray on fossil basis. But of course, to decarbonize, we need to shift to green hydrogen and there, there's a steep mismatch in what we have today in the industry and what's in the market.
0: Indeed, it's a nascent market. There is a lot of work to do. And I think that's a good segue into our question about the Brander project, because this is a very interesting project from Siemens Gamesa. And obviously, its genesis lies in the fact that we need to develop this hydrogen economy. Can you talk us through what is the project? Why did it come about? And what technology was deployed at the site if you can give us some more information Yes
1: of course so rande was born of the idea that we need as a wind turbine manufacturer think of the ability to not only generate electricity from wind but also energy carriers in form of molecule and we need to do that quickly so in wind energy we have plenty of resources worldwide and green hydrogen is a fundamental energy carrier that we need as a feedstock to decarbonize the hard to bait sectors. And so we just knew that we need to act quickly and we need to get the components together of a wind turbine and an electrolyzer and primarily think of what needs to be done first. And it's very, very basic things like securing land preparing an area close to a turbine that we know and think of synergies that we have on our technology development roadmap so we as a turbine manufacturer and service company we know that there are other requirements coming for turbines be it onshore or offshore so that means we need to be able to operate turbines in island mode or have grid stabilizing functionalities so we wanted to incorporate these functionalities together with the ability to produce green hydrogen so we basically just looked at the electrolyzer market who could be delivering a electrolyzer that we can deploy so the size of the capacity of the electrolyzer was important and simply bought it without knowing too much about the technology back then now Of course, this is a luxury that we have in the innovation department in Siemens Gamesa to really taking this initial investment and learning by just procuring it and commissioning it and learning it by trying to make it work. And to elaborate a little bit more on the setup, so we bought a 400 kilowatt electrolyzer and we attached a battery storage next to a three megawatt direct drive turbine. So, of course, there's one important item missing, which is when you produce green hydrogen, one also needs an offtaker. So, we also had to decide upon what are we going to do with the green hydrogen molecules. And as there is no existing large and liquid market for that, but also partners willing to develop the technology and participate in this, we found a company that was willing to deploy tube trailers, so trailers pulled by trucks that would be coming in to Brande and being filled up by green hydrogen. And now they're being filled into taxis in
0: Copenhagen. It's a fascinating project. And like you said, it's about learning, it's about training. And I think for me, what was so interesting reading the white paper was that there are some very specific learnings that Siemens Gamesa has actually managed to garner from this pilot project, and potentially this will pave the way for future hydrogen projects as well. And I'd like to delve into some of the specifics of this white paper, starting perhaps with safety. I know that safety is a big issue, and you were teaching wind engineers about gas. So those are very different safety philosophies. Talk us through how that worked from a safety perspective and some of the learnings that you gathered.
1: Yeah, so first off, safety is of utmost importance for us. This comes first for everything we do. And just to elaborate on that, we are not there yet of having a fleet of service technicians that today service wind turbines are able to also service electrolyzers and handle hydrogen gas. So that's not the case of today. However, we acknowledge that we need to build up this domain as soon as we combine the two technologies together and want to bring it to scale. So we, of course, build up the know-how specifically in Brande of the standards and the requirements to handle hydrogen in Brande. But we Not only do that for this specific site we use existing standards and protocols but we also develop our own standards and protocols further together with our vendors and service partners today to build up the capabilities going forward in safety so at one point in time we will be able to go offshore as we do it already today with our offshore turbines and have a fleet of service technicians being able to handle the whole green hydrogen generating facility.
0: Something that also was made clear in the white paper that was released was specifically looking at the integration and control of the energy management system. And this was quite interesting. It's quite technical. But can you talk us through some of those learnings, the hardware integration? It's a new field that you're exploring. So it would be interesting to understand more.
1: Yes, that's a very important aspect. And I mentioned before earlier that, of course, green hydrogen production is one thing that we want to further develop as a technological capability. But just as important is the importance of the ability of wind turbines having grid-stabilizing functionalities. So not only injecting energy into electricity or gas grids whenever the wind is blowing, but also supporting the stability to prevent blackouts in the future when we have more intermittent renewable energy in our energy system. So we needed to come up with an infrastructure and platform that enables to manage the intermittent generation of wind energy in combination with needs to produce green hydrogen, as well as taking the most recent and most accurate forecasts on wind and solar and, of course, energy prices. And together, we take these inputs into our energy management system and are then able to stabilize the grid, but also maximize the economic value of the combination of the generating facilities.
0: Grid stability is a huge issue in terms of more intermittent renewables are being incorporated into the grid. So, I mean, that is a very important part of this learning, I can imagine. Something that I also wanted to touch on was you discussed the changing nature of the supply chain, specifically that it's an ecosystem of partnerships. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about that. It sounds somewhat different to the supply chain that we're used to. And how do we foster this ecosystem?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And that also shows the current situation we are in a potential ramping up of the green hydrogen economy that we all want to decarbonize hard-to-base sectors as fast as possible, but we do not have production capacity in the world to provide sufficient electrolysis for one thing. On the other hand, of course, there's also, if we would do that decarbonization today, we would not have sufficient renewable electricity resources to use that. So we need to find partners that do have production capacity already today to supply electrolysis, but also just as important show together with us a pathway how to scale up, to be able to provide a technological mature solution in the near term, while we integrate the systems together.
0: Still a lot of work to be done. Like I mentioned previously, it's a nascent market in Europe specifically, what, in your opinion, needs to be done to get more projects on the ground? To start developing this ecosystem, this economy, do we need more regulatory support, investments? What kind of policy mechanisms, perhaps, do you think we need at the moment?
1: Yeah, that's also a very interesting question. And I like to refer to mechanisms that have proven to be very successful in the past in the build-out of renewable electricity generation. So what we need today is closing that gap of we acknowledge that there is a gray hydrogen demand already today, but in industries that do not have the incentive today to switch to green hydrogen today. So someone has to take the long-term commitment and investment to take off green hydrogen to enable this. And this is not existing as of today. In Europe, there of course is plenty of initiatives not harmonized and not finished yet. But especially if we want to scale up the production capacity of electrolysis and the market as such to provide green hydrogen solutions in conjunction with turbines, for example, there needs to be some mechanism to incentivize these investments, such as it has been done with feed-in tariffs in Germany, for example. So long term off-take possibilities for investors that make these projects bankable and these are not existent today
0: when you were presenting your white paper and i'm quoting we need to get going was what you said and i think that is such a great summary of you know where the market is now and the fact that we really do need to focus our attention and, and not lag in our progress What is next for you and the team, or should I say for the Brande project as well? What is the focus now after releasing this white paper and having these initial learnings that you've gathered?
1: Yeah, so first off, we take the bold decision that that's what Brande shows. But we also acknowledge that we have to develop the technology further and we cannot be in a situation tomorrow where we will be providing a Turnkey solution for a gigawatt scale project producing green hydrogen. There have to be steps in between. And we, as a technology provider, want to ensure that it's of highest safety standards and quality at the best competitive prices. And by taking steps in between, this means that we identified short and medium term projects that take the learnings from Brande and we scale it up. So we refine our capabilities. And we take the learnings on the technology and integration of the electrolyzer, and we broaden the expertise on the grid stabilization to other markets. Every market has different requirements on grid stability, and we broaden that to be able to realize and support gigawatt scale projects as soon as possible.
0: Exciting times indeed. Benedict, if I can ask you one last question, we are nearly out of time, but it would be interesting to get your opinion on what is most exciting for you at the moment working in this energy transition space. Uh, I know that your role at Siemens Gamesa is very focused on innovation. So what innovation, what technology, what in general is exciting you at the moment?
1: For me personally, it is most exciting to see all the opportunities that we have. So, of course, with the crisis that we have and the multiple crises that we have, it also bears opportunities to change behaviors and change the way we build markets or we build technologies. And I like to see these as opportunities. and I consider myself very lucky to be in a company providing a technical solution. We've shown over the last 30 years that we've made huge progress on making a wind turbine, being able to operate in harsh offshore conditions. But this is not the end of the development. And we have the ability to shape energy systems in the future. And that, for me personally, is very, very exciting to be part of.
0: It is indeed a very inspirational thought. In a way, we are actually just at the beginning of this very exciting pathway. Benedict, I'd like to thank you for your time. It was great to get some insight into the Brander project. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners before we conclude?
1: We should not be directed by fear, but only look at the opportunities that we have and make the best of it.
0: Benedict, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. And I will be including some more information about you, about the project and about the white paper in the text below so our listeners can get more information if they would like to. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this Energy Transitions podcast brought to you by Enlet and Friends. Visit enlet.world for more episodes. See you next time.